Our first reading is from Samuel chapter 8, the first nine verses, which you'll find uh, can follow on page 3 of our service sheet on the screen or on page 277 of the Pew Bibles. Samuel chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, and accepted bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, rejected, but they have rejected me as their king, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Continuing from in chapter 8, verse 22. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plough his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we we shall be like all other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. 
The Lord answered, Listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the Israelites, Everyone go back to your own town. second time that I've had the chance to speak about this passage. The first time was at 9.30. Um, and I'm delighted that we've got a multi-generational audience for this service. So I'm taking that opportunity to actually switch from exactly what was prepared to a, a sort of accumulation of bits from the 9.30 service and a more thorough exegesis for the 11 o'clock. So I actually think that there are some really good things to be learned from what we talked about at 9.30. Um, and one of the first things I did at 9.30, and I'm, I'll carry on now, no rules at all. It's coming up to birthday time. It's coming up to Christmas. There's party time. Some people are dressed for parties and ready to go. If you could ask for anything, what would you ask for as a present? Any of the youngsters or any adults got any prime present requests? Gideon. A record player. A record player. Yes, yes, I'm aware of that because I, Gideon visited it and I have vinyl and a record player. <laughs> Any other ideas of what you might like for a birthday or Christmas present? Anything you'd like? A new saddle pad to my pony. A new saddle pad for a pony. That's. That's something I haven't got on my list of expected answers, but that's a great answer. Any other suggestions? Well, earlier on this morning, there were other suggestions. Gideon also had tent envy when he went camping this week. Um, Other people had a better barbecue. Um, One of the young men in the earlier congregation wanted a Porsche because his friend's father had got a Porsche. Uh, it was going to be a few years until he could drive it, but, <laughs> but the idea of having a Porsche parked out the front sort of fulfilled that requirement. So there was a definite idea of matching the title that I was originally given for this, which was Keeping Up With The Neighbours. So there's something about Keeping Up With The Neighbours, having things which match that. But I was also cautious, and I talked a little bit about... Something else. So, if we've got a party going, what are the best foods to have for a party? Any suggestions for what anyone might like at a party? Is there anything? Cake. Yes, cake was one of the earlier suggestions as well. Yes, David? Sausages on sticks. Sausages on sticks. Yeah, another one. Sandwiches with white bread and 
my drink, which I'm never allowed to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sandwiches with white bread and margarine. Yes, and, and certainly egg sandwiches are an absolute essential for parties. Any others? So, trifle. Ah, oh, yes. So, sorry? Mm. Balloons, yes. Well, and I talked a bit about something that I remembered from university that was called marginal utility. I'll use David's sausages on sticks as an example. Um, I think when it was in lectures, we talked about strawberries. It was a long time ago, and strawberries only existed from June to September. So there was an idea that the first one tasted fantastic. The first strawberry is absolutely brilliant. The first sausage on a stick is great. The second one, not quite so great. The third one, a little less great. By the time you get to the 10th, 11th or 12th cake, sausage on a stick or strawberry, the actual increase in in joy has got very small and there's a point where it actually goes the other way and everything feels rather sad. So sometimes getting what you want and getting all of what you want doesn't actually give you a benefit. And there's something of that in this passage. So I'm going to move on to a slightly more um, considered section on this. So Keeping up with the neighbours, it's sort of materialistic ring to it. And in these days, what do people aspire to? House, car, mobile phone, clothes, sports equipment, holidays. Um, And we all have plenty of those, but we may have. And it's not that there's anything wrong with these material things in themselves. But what's our motivation in acquiring them? That's the question. As a community or a country, what do we want? In our readings, there was a wish for a change of political system. Now, if only there was an example recently of a desire for a change of political system, which didn't quite work out how we expected. Brexit. All the details on a bus... More information than we could absorb on the television. And is it really correct that in a sort of post-truth society, the presentation of the message, the sort of shine on the bus, is more important than the truth of what the words say on the side of it? The wrapping is more important than the content. The people in this promised land wanted a king. Just like everyone else, they wanted the wrapping, someone who would lead them into battle and be really visible. Now, Samuel's upset by this, and I think he has a fair sort of reason to be, he deserves to be, because this could be taken as a judgment against him who's been ruling for years. It wasn't really him that was the problem. It was his wayward sons who created the obvious dissatisfaction. But it was Samuel who had put them in place. 
God assures him that this isn't a reflection on him, but it's a rebellion against what God has put in place. But I guess Samuel probably still felt slightly aggrieved. In the second part of our reading, he gives Samuel words to speak, stating the issues, the problems of having a king, the impact it will have on the relatively free life they lead at the moment. Life under the judges wasn't like life under a king. He will take your sons and make them serve with chariots and horses. He'll take some of them to plough his ground and reap his harvest. Your daughters will be cooks and bakers and perfumers. Your fields, your vineyards, a tenth of your grain to his officials and attendants. The best cattle, donkeys, servants, all for his own use. God spells out what the problems could be with having this king. And do the people listen? No. They want a king. And God says to Samuel, let them have a king. What a God, creator of the universe, ruler of everything. And we sang in the first um, first service this morning about who's the king of the universe, the jungle, the sea. He gives in to the people. What clearer demonstration can there be of God's gift of free will to people? The ability for us to make our own choices. So we have the choice to make our own decisions, right or wrong. We can listen to others for guidance. We can listen to God. But in the end, it is us, in our humanity, who choose. And we can think about the issues, what the world has, what we want, what we need, or think we need, and what God wants. God, what does God want? That we proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Does he make us do that? No. That we teach, nurture, baptise new believers and develop existing believers. Does God make us do that? No. That we respond to human need in loving service. Again, he doesn't make us. That we strive for peace and reconciliation. We challenge violence. Look to transform injustice. That we act with integrity in caring for our world and its environment. If that's what God wants us to do, do we choose to work for him? It's up to us. He won't make us. And in the song that we sang in the 9.30 service, who's the king of the universe? Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of me is the next line. God doesn't make us have him as king. It's our choice. Another key part of free will where we get to make a choice is Jesus our king so we've had an Old Testament passage and we've seen God in action God looking for the best for his people now in the New Testament the answer to everything can be considered and certainly in the 
TV show of the Vicar of Dibley, even if there's a picture of a squirrel, the answer must be Jesus. Here in the Old Testament, there's a continuing theme of a Heavenly Father who cares for his people. And the people who don't listen, except sporadically when they get in a real mess. And then after a short time of listening to God, they choose to go back to their own way and end up in that mess again. If we consider the Old Testament is looking forward to the New, or is it the New Testament is looking to the Old as its foundation, the people in today's reading wanted an earthly king, a king with a humanity which would work to their detriment. Whereas God is looking forward to a time of a heavenly king, a king with experience of humanity, looking to work in their favour. So, here we are. What does that mean for us? Are we listening to God? Are we choosing the way he guides us? Are we choosing the king who has the experience of humanity? Are we listening to him? Are we stuck about choices that we have in our own lives, how to move forward, things that we may need to do, changes we may need to make? Are we prepared to actually listen to God? We may not have Samuel giving us the whole list of things, But we can stop and listen in prayer. We can seek wisdom from human support and guidance. We can weigh that against God's written word and God's inspired word to each of us. And hopefully, if we listen to God and if we make that choice of Jesus as the king, then we can find ongoing peace and fulfilment in life. If we thirst, if we are weak, if we fear, if we are lost, there is somewhere to turn. And it's not that there's something new, there's not that there's something different. This has been going on, the challenges of mankind and God have been going on for years. In Proverbs... Wisdom calls out aloud and raises her voice in the public square. And God says, wisdom says, But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. And at the end of chapter 1, it says, But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So today, listen to the king. Seek the king. And avoid what's gone on for years of people refusing to listen and not paying attention to what God has in store for them and the plans that he would make for them. Let's just pray briefly. Dear Lord, help us to listen when you call. 
give us the attention span so that we can hear when you stretch out your hand and take note of your advice and accept your rebuke. And Lord, as we listen, may we live in safety, be at ease and without fear of harm. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.